Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Well, hello everyone, and you join us here today in somewhere a little bit different. We're in London in the Panerai Boutique. Uh, Tom and I, we aren't alone. We have a special guest with us here. We have, and I'm going to pronounce this very badly, I do apologise, <laughs> Jean-Marc Pontruet. Perfect, that's good. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> Normally my uh, pronunciation's uh, akin to uh, an abattoir window left open. It's, it's pretty bad. So I'm, I'm glad for that. That's a good start. It's a really good start. So um, for those of you who, who don't know which shouldn't be very many people. Could you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are? So, good, good morning, first of all. Um, well, I'm Jean-Marc Pontrouet. I'm, I'm the CEO of Panerai since now four years. Um, I have the chance to handle that brand uh, based in Geneva, uh, where we have our headquarters. Uh, the way Panerai is organized is that we have our manufacturer in Neuchâtel, and we have our creative studio in, in Milan, and uh, I have the chance to be in London uh, for the day today. That's wonderful, yeah. So if if, if just, just to make sure we've got that down, the CEO of Panerai. So our influence is really <laughs> finally getting up there. We're not just talking to each other. We're talking to the people <laughs> who matter, which is fantastic. So thank you so much for taking no, no, the time. My pleasure. To talk my to pleasure. Um, what I'd really like to know is you, you didn't wake up this morning or four years ago and just become the CEO. There's, there's a journey to that, isn't there? Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, that's a funny question. First, there is no school. <laughs> to become CEO. There is no uh, a university for that. I got the chance to start my career at LVMH in Paris in the fashion world. And then I moved to, to Richmond um, uh, in Hamburg for Mont Blanc, where I got the chance to, to work on the diversification of the brand. And one of the pillars of the diversification of Mont Blanc was watches. Mm -hmm. This is how I entered the world of watches. Um, based in Hamburg on, on learning how it works. So it's, it's a funny way to, to enter the world of watches based in Hamburg. Um, and that's how we created this facility for Mont Blanc in Switzerland to be connected to where the watches world uh, is, is happening. And then I moved to, as a CEO to um, Geneva at Roger Dubuis, where I spent seven years. And uh, I became then the CEO of Panerai, and we are still in the Richemont galaxy. So mm -hmm. um, one of the pillars in HR at Richemont is that there are a lot of bridges uh, between, between the different brands, as we have, as far as I remember, something like 500 people who are moving every month from one company to another one. So it's one of the carrier <laughs> elements. Uh, on, on benefits, we have to be in a major group in the luxury industry. Is that on uh, all of you guys uh, yeah, the same? You know, yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that every month there are uh, uh, career opportunities to move from from brand to another one. 
Sure. Yeah. It's like a career tornado, isn't it? Everyone, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yeah, enthusiasm yeah. Uh, draws everyone upwards. Yeah, yeah but yeah, top. absolutely. So, what was that like? Um, how 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 does one do? Do you apply for the job? Does someone come to you? Do you? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a it's a funny pass. You know, they have been approached when I was in LVMH to move to Richmond. Mm-hmm. And, um, and at that time, I remember I didn't want to, to move from Paris. I was in the fashion world. And when you are French in the fashion world, there is only Paris which counts. Yeah. Even though at that time we had Alexander McQueen, who was British, at the, at the, head, of the, uh, at the head of the creative studio in, in, of Givenchy. And, and finally, I moved because Mont Blanc was a very interesting brand. Um, and, and I was saying, but I would not stay more than two years in, in Hamburg. Because you know, when you are when you are French, you are very afraid about the north and Germany and so on. And in fact, I stood eleven years, so I was very happy to to, to work for for for, uh, for Mont Blanc. And uh, well, after it's it's um, um, it's opportunities. Opportunities that you have a chance in a career to have four, five max crossroads, where you meet key peoples mm-hmm. who think about you when there is uh, a slot. So yeah. it's like a sniper, you know, you have a chance, you have one bullet <laughs> and you have one second to say yes or no. Yeah. And uh, I have to say that that my different career path, I, I never thought what do I want to become in 10 years time. Okay? I never had in my life, each, each headhunter who was asking me what do you want to become in 10 years, I, I was totally unable to, to give an, uh, a valuable answer except the usual ones. Um, but when I have got the chance to get some people who thought about me when they had a job offer in Richemont, um, you have a very limited time to say yes or no, and you better say yes, by the way. <laughs> and uh, and, and uh, yeah, it, or it was great opportunities each time to, to move. You know, the beauty of, of living in luxury is the chance we work in international business. So I'm, I was based in Paris, but we were doing... Uh, 90% of our business outside Paris. Um, I was living in Hamburg. We were doing 95% of our business outside Germany. And now it's the same for Panerai. You know, Switzerland is, a, is, is one of our good business, but 90% is, is based outside Switzerland. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of what we live is that it, it obliges you. We, we speak a lot about agility in our business today. And, and when you work in the international business, like you guys, you do, opening your mm-hmm. networks to many other countries, um, oblige you to, to, to rethink the way you approach your business because the business conditions in Japan are not the same one in the US or you don't operate a business in Switzerland like you do it in Dubai and so on and so on. And being educated from the very beginning uh, when you're in fashion uh, to work like that uh, give you a sense of being uh, obliged to review your standards every, I don't say every morning, but uh, very, very often. Mm. So... We've got a little bit of a sample of what your day is like so far. We're here talking to you. <laughs> what does the rest of the day of a, the CEO of Panerai look like? Oh, well, first of all, I love to wake up early. The, this guy knows. Uh, I love to wake up early at 5.30 every day, wherever I live in the world. And, um, and I do my run, uh, especially in the cities where I don't live. Yeah. Uh, so I discover I discover new cities and new ways, new facets. Because of course, when you're in London, um, in two years where I was not able to travel here, many things have changed. Um, and I, I review all my emails of what has happened during the night, actuality, uh, uh, financial news, uh, all on, on paving my day. Uh, and, and then you have your schedule with all the meetings, the Zoom. I, I rarely eat for lunch. So I, I don't have, uh, since 30 years, I don't remember, except if it's a business lunch, I never have a break. I always continue to work during lunch. But I hate to finish late. 
all the meetings after 6 p.m. is not for me. I like to start early, but I don't like to finish late. So it's a principle I have of my business life. And oh, I did try you hear that, Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in your business, probably it's different. Uh, it's different country to country. You know, in Switzerland, we love to start. There is at least two hours time difference between Switzerland and Italy. When sure. I am in, in, my, in, our, in our creative center in Milan, um, you start to work at 9.30. I don't, I, it doesn't change my schedule. I still continue to, to work early. Yeah. But in Switzerland, you start at uh, yes seven thirty eight. You have everybody everybody in the office, but don't expect the people to be in Switzerland after six, while all the Italians are still here at eight. Yeah, <laughs> <that's>, uh, <laughs> so for there's the cultural aspect of talking to your customers, but also managing the team as well and getting them ah, for sure for sure. It's alignment. What I speak very often about Panerai, it's a brand of communities. So you have the planet in the center, that the brand, and you have a lot of satellite around this planet. So you have the teams, and we are close to 800 people today at Panerai in the world, and you have the journalists, and you have our Paneristi, and you have the collectors, and you have our dealers, and we have our, all our network of external boutiques. Uh, so you have all these communities around the brand, and uh, all that has to work together, and all of that has to get uh, no friction on, on getting this understanding of uh, where do, what do we want to do with the brand in the future. And that is what is making our life uh, very passionate, you know, because this is what you schedule, being back to your first question. Mm -hmm. uh, you, so you have your daily schedule and you have all the non-expected uh, <laughs> events, right? mm -hmm. which is more or less, I don't know, between a third and half of your day. So that's why I hate to have a schedule which is packed with meetings all the time, because it, you cannot absorb all the uh, unexpected uh, events which happened for sure. You don't know which one, but you know it will happen. So yeah. uh, uh, when you don't have any slot for that, then you are late in meetings, which I hate, and so on and so on. Yeah, that, that knock-on effect of late, late, late. Yeah, exactly. Up, that's exactly. how you end up working exactly. really late in meetings. Exactly. So, oh, exactly. so that's really interesting. Um, you mentioned the Paneristi. Yeah. That's a really, really inter interesting group of people. They're, they're akin to... Uh, the, the, the group, what are they called? The Ferrari people, the people who follow Ferrari around. Uh, the, uh, the Tifosi. The Tifosi, yeah. yes. The Ferrari Tifosi, very, very similar. What's it like to step into the shoes of a brand like Panerai and have the responsibility of keeping the Paneristi happy? <laughs> What's that like? Well, you know, we had the chance yesterday, I told you we had uh, an evening here to unveil some of our latest developments and we had the chance to get a couple of uh, uh, the most loyal Paneristi we have in the UK. And um, when I joined Panerai four years ago, I, I, I wanted to be close to them uh, because they know about the brand, always what I tell them. I always tell two things about the Panerai. First, they know the brand better than I will ever know Panerai. That's number one. <laughs> um, and second point, um, it's for Panerai a major chance. As I, I always tell them, they are the biggest marketing department a watch brand can ever imagine to have. Uh, because we have the chance to get 30,000 of the Panerists in the world who are supporting Panerai. And, and they are giving us insights of the brand which we don't necessarily have at headquarters. They remind us the past. They remind us what, what are the strengths of Panerai. Uh, they also already know what we're going to do in the future, even though we keep them very informed on not only before the others about what we're going to do. But they are a very strong asset and, and, and valuable uh, feedback of what is the brand is all about. And, and I have a lot of respect for all uh, these people, and some of them are good friends, um, who have dedicated hundreds of hours uh, financial uh, means to, uh, to support Panerai. 
um, it's fascinating. I, I'm part of the P-Day each year because they have one event a year where they have for three days uh, a gathering of all the uh, paneristies from mm. all over the world. So there are about 25 different nationalities and they meet for three days and they speak about panerite. <laughs> okay, and we are here uh, organizing only one evening uh, of the three days. So we don't, panerite has nothing to do in organizing their their, their event, um, but we have only one evening where we are hosting them and show them in preview what we do the year after. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's fascinating to see people who, who are appreciating, supporting what you do, and they come to support us if we are attacked somewhere in the world. And, uh, and, 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 and it's, I value a lot their feedback because they, they tell you a lot of insights which we don't necessarily have as a feedback when you are with your team in the brand. Uh, here they have no mercy to tell you what they think about the brand. You know yeah. there is no hierarchy uh, relationship. If they tell you that they don't like what you do, they'll tell it to you in a very nice way because they are somewhere in the business, which is not the one in which they are. But they also tell you a lot of good things and they give you uh, advice and so on and so on. And, and I love this P Day event. Uh, for having the chance to meet these 250 people, I don't meet all of them, but many of them, and uh, it's it's something we it's a it's a privileged moment during the year. Do you have an example of something that they've shared with you that was a oh a surprise that was? Uh, interesting? Oh yeah, well you know last year it was in Athens, where they say they were a rather limited number compared to usual because there are still no Asians, few Americans who are able to travel, so there were about 130 people. Um, and we honored for the first time the woman on stage. Hey, you know, we are a very masculine brand. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we have opened a couple of years ago the ladies segment with our uh, small 38 millimeter. And um, in the room, um, many of the uh, partner are women in the, in the room. And, and we speak about men during four hours. I was finding that very frustrating for all of them to, to be uh, like that, waiting that something happens for them. And I said, you know what? We should do something for you who are in the room. And I asked all the women in the room to come on stage. Sure. And then we discovered that there were, I think, 40 ladies in the room out of the 120 people. So it's not small. You know, it was not... Wow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, and, um, so we honored them. We give them gifts and uh, uh, to show them also respect about the time there their partner have been spending on Panerai and, <laughs> and, and sometimes they steal the watches of their husband. So they became also some, you know, ambassador of, of, of our brand, yeah. um, discovering what means this Italian origin of the brand and so on and so on. So, and so that one was one of the story, but it, it, of course on the models, because we show them on, on its secret because the first time we are presenting in public our innovations of the next year. Right. So imagine it's something like end of October, Something like, yeah, out of October. And we have Watches and Wonders in April, the year after. So it's about six months before wow. we show for the very first time um, the, you know, the key innovations of next year. And of course, it's like you discover uh, innovation. So some are, are they, they, we have people who want to buy them and to be on the waiting list and uh, some <laughs> give you their comments and so on and so on. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's, it's, it's also for us very emotional because uh, we have live the very first feedback were not Panerai, who discover our innovations. Mm-hmm. So you, you realize if it's good or not. Uh, you realize if it's impactful or not. We realize if the storytelling is, uh, uh, is efficient or not. So it, it allows us to have a first warm-up exercise about this uh, presentation. Yeah, seems really beneficial. Have they ever 
showed you anything that you were unaware of, like something rare and vintage. You go, wait, what's this? Where's this come from? Oh yeah, I yeah. have to check oh, the archives. Sure. No, no, you're right. No, no, many of them because being only four years in the company, yeah. who has uh, many more years of history, all what was. Uh, pre-Vendôme, as we call it, uh, period, which is before Richemont mm -hmm. take over the company in 1997. Mm -hmm. We discover again some movements yeah. uh, that I personally didn't know and uh, on materials, on the secrets of... Uh, because we have books which have been written about Panerai of, of hundreds of pages about the historical background of the brand and some of them know it very well. Yeah. You have all the auction. We have a lot of auction uh, in which Panerai can get prices on which are on rates which are very high. We have a lot of celebrities, as you know, who are wearing our products. So they tell you inside they know about the brand because they follow sites I per perhaps don't follow. Or in their country they have some... Some, some insights, some stories that I don't know because they come from there. We also have mm. countries where you have a paneristic community where we have no dealers. Right. Eh? So yeah. uh, <laughs> it happens at some time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they know about things. And we have, they have to go outside the country to buy their panerai sure. because we don't have any, any boutique there. So it's, it's funny because they tell you stories about who famous in their country are wearing our watches, which I don't necessarily know, and so on and so on. So it's, it's, it's an evening which is very... Again, emotional because you learn hundreds of things about your brand, uh, thanks to them because they yeah. spend a lot of time to research, to know, to take care, and so on. Like you do, you know, the, the celebrities at Panerai who wear our products, we discover them in the press. So we go around the corner, you buy the press, and you see who is wearing your products. Mm. Um, so we follow that on, on, in some countries. Uh, but some of the countries we don't follow and then we realize that some of them are wearing our products which are very famous people who are very famous in there in this particular country and uh, and, and so we like to collect all these uh, all these informations mm -hmm. have you ever had a, a moment with the paneristi where you've shown them something you're, you're really confident that they're going to love it and they universally say sorry not good sorry. well we know we know and and uh, that the more you get out of the historical track of the brand um, the more you take risk about disappointing them on the true core story uh, of the brand. Mm -hmm. So um, Panerai for them is, um, is, is a reflection of what has been in the past. And I treasure that. It's, it, that's why next year we have a lot of things about the history of the brand in terms of innovation, so I'm sure they will love it. Um, so, but each time we, 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 we invent a new story, which is not linked to history, I know we take more risk, um, but it's a way to also uh, diversify the brand. The brand in terms of products is what, it, is what you see in this boutique. So we don't have any plan to create new families of products in the future. I say very often that Panerai has about 100 years of creativity in the drawers uh, based on our four families of products. So we don't need new families of products. Um, the, the duplicity of a Panerai watch is so strong that we have lots of creativity in new movements, new materials, new sizes, new colors of dials, hundreds of criteria you can implement to create innovation. Um, uh, so uh, being back to your question, uh, as, soon as, as long as we stay on these tracks, um, they are very happy, but if you get out and you create another story, more risky. 
Sounds familiar. <laughs> it does. Um, well, it's, in, it's interesting as well because some of my favourite Panerai models, the, the 1940, that halfway between Radiomir and Luminor, yeah. and also the, again, I'm probably going to pronounce this incorrectly, the Mari Nostrum. And what I really liked about those was the discovery of the evolution of watches and the direction of ideas that um, are a snapshot of Panerai's history. So are, are you saying there are no more documents, no more drawings of watches that we haven't seen from Panerai's past lying around? Or Oh, I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, in, in Italy we have six, seven different spots where Panerai has uh, printed his marks in the history of the brand because we're associated to the Italian uh, military service. Um, and they have museums, like in La Spezia, for example. Uh, where you find documents, where you even find watches which are displayed, which uh, we, myself, I discovered uh, only recently. Um, so there are still things about Panerai. I'm sure we are, we, are, we are on the way to discover. And we work a lot these days in all the archives of the company mm -hmm. um, because they are, they are in Florence where we have our historical store, but we have also some of them in our manufacture in uh, Neuchâtel. Uh, we have some in our uh, creative studio in Milan. So we're going to create a unique spot where we'll have all the archives of Brown. And um, I'm, I'm sure we are going to continue to discover new stories uh, about Panerai. It's, it's very interesting, and, and I appreciate you talking about the history of the brand, because the Panerai aesthetic is probably one of the strongest in the industry. You can spot them a mile away. Silhouette of it, most probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, even just that crown guard uh -huh. and the wire lugs. How, how is that as a challenge, working within that very strong aesthetic, um, where you might want to deviate, but there's that line that you have to draw? But it's like when you play tennis. You know, you have a, you have a, a, a court. Um, as soon as you are out of the court, you are losing. The rules are very clear. Okay? You can put all the camera TV you want to see. The rule is very clear. So it's the same when you work design-wise on a Panerai. The court is the shape of the watch. This is non-negotiable. Um, the readability also of the watch. You know, even though we do sometimes watches which are skeleton, mm -hmm. the fact it has to be... It's first of all an instrument. It's a mechanical instrument which have to give you the time without any interpretation. So it should not be complicated. The Panerai, even when, even when we work our uh, perpetual calendar, the perpetual calendar defined by Panerai remains a very clean aesthetic design. Mm -hmm. um, so when you put all these elements, and we have designers which are all in-house, so we don't brief external designer about what is Panerai. Um, so they have this Panerai DNA in mind when they create new products. Um, so the, the, the fact to have emblematic products like on the Douai, like on the Luminor, like on the Submersible, like on the Radio Mir, it's a very strong element because all the brands today in the luxury industry are after these emblematic products, how you can create products which last. Okay, on, on our criteria today when we develop new products, will we be proud of the products we create today in 2022? Are we going to be proud of them in 2040, in 2050? Okay? Because today we benefit from what has been done 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. And all our mission at Panerai is to create products where we'll say, wow, that was a good, that was a good one uh, in 2022. Um, so it's a very strong asset with which our, our, our mission is to be able to enrich what, is, what has been done in the past. And we have many new materials, and we have new colors of dials, and we have new straps, and we have all the recyclability. You know, this new chapter we have opened three years ago uh, in our brand, which is about 
positioning Panerai as one of the pioneers in protecting the environment and embarking the brand in initiatives like recycled materials, like the e-steel, uh, which is going to be the standard material at Panerai in the next three years. So all these things, which is something we didn't have in mind when I joined the company four years ago, I had no idea that one day we'll have no more steel in our company because it will be all recycled steel. You know, so you come every day on being exposed to companies like uh, Prada, with, which is our partner in the America's Cup, or Brabus, gives you other industries' doors to experiment because they open you their business, their industry. Um, and when you are in the fashion like Prada, or when you are in Brabus in the, in the marine industry or in the car industry, it's totally different than the watches. But they give you access to know-how on materials you don't have when you work with your own network in the watches industry. And that is what I like very much when you work at Panerai, it's to be able to enrich our existing concepts, with, which, is, which are influenced by other industries mm -hmm. to be able to create the models of tomorrow. We're big fans of sustainability and um, uh, we've seen a few brands talking about it and it's great to see that becoming more of a thing. In fact, one of our big takeaways, surprise takeaways from Watches and Wonders, do you remember the box? The Tom? box, yeah. The, uh, yeah, the yeah, for sure. The, yes, you know. it's a brilliant story. You know, that's has been created in our, in our, in our design studio in, uh, in, Milan, in Milan. And the idea was the biggest issue that most of our customers, when they take their watch, they do two things with their boxes. They throw it away, <laughs> option one, okay, because they travel, they don't buy the watch. They don't live where they buy the watch yeah. and they don't want to have this big box with them. Um, and the, the other ones, they put it in a cupboard and they don't reopen the cupboard in the next 50 years. Yeah. Okay? So in these, two, in these two occasions, you don't really need the box. So we decided to create this uh, two things. First of all, to make them 100% recycled which will happen next year. So we already have about 30% of our packaging which are recycled today, and we extend that to 100% next year. And second, it's to have this box inside the box, uh, which is to be able to use it as a travel pouch when you are traveling. Mm -hmm. And uh, very often, you know, when you travel and you have more than one watch, you, you don't really know where to put it in a small box, in a small uh, pocket, or, uh, but you want to protect it because it's a valuable, exactly. a valuable tool. So this is how we came to this idea with a small drawer where you have the tools on the, on the, on the, the additional strap. Uh, so I think it's a clever way and make it smaller. So mm. we are also gaining in space, gaining in weight. Uh, so in terms of transportation in air, it, it costs less pollution and so on. So on. It, all these elements of, your, of sustainability is something which is part of the briefing when we start product development. For many years, all the brands, including Panerai, we were starting to think about sustainability when everything was fixed. And you say, what can we do to be also sustainable? So you are putting a strap which was coming from fruits, trees, whatsoever. But the real way to fight against uh, all these elements which contribute to pollution, it's really make it as part of your business model. And, um, and that starts by the briefing from the beginning. How much, is the what should be the share of a product in terms of recyclability? So we fix at Panerai that the minimum of 50% should be achieved on wow. all our products. And, and that is a mental exercise. So what can you do? Straps, case, uh, movement. Uh, so it has a cost, of course, on our time of development because you need to have access to the material mm. uh, to be able to do that. So it's a full change in the way of developing our business and also to embark all the network of suppliers 
because if you are the only one to decide I want to become sustainable but the others don't follow you don't you cannot do it you have to get all your suppliers associated to the same mission yeah. and uh, in the watch industry we have we have been rather late in that in that fight but once we are embarking many more in that story then you start to see that everybody is going in the same direction and that's why Panerai decided last year to make it an open source concept so you remember probably that we decided to say what we did for the eLab ID which was a concept close to 100% recycled because the movement was also recycled um, we we say to all the industry come to visit Panerai we'll tell you how with whom we are going to we have been working on what was the protocol to develop the watch because the more you come to do the same thing than Panerai the more we'll have a critical size in doing the same stuff in the watch industry Oh, it's interesting. I, I didn't realize about the open yeah, source yeah. part. But yeah, of course, yeah. sharing that knowledge means other people don't have to go through that development process. And don't lose three years. You know, as long as they don't copy our product, which of course uh, <laughs> is not the target. But if they use the same material, you know, it's still a recycled steel made by another one. Uh, I'm very happy because it's, it's, it, gives, it gives all the network of suppliers a reason to accelerate their uh, production, but also their research and development. You know, if you make it a priority and not anymore, let's do a couple of straps to be nice in terms of sustainability, but it makes it your business model that changes the, the, the way you do your business. Yeah, that stops it being just a tick box, doesn't exactly, it? And exactly, exactly. part of the culture. Yes, yes. Um, so this year we saw the submersible Quarantra Quattro. Yeah. Um, which was a, a bunch of very nice looking watches. Um, what we see are the, is the product. What we don't get to learn is all the thinking and all the work that goes behind it, which of course starts from the very top. Tell us about your experience in that product, starting with the idea and coming to fruition. Well, sometimes a lot of these ideas came from, there is all the rational and there is a lot of things you learn when you travel. Uh, and that was the most penalizing element the last two years. Of course, meeting with people face to face is, is of course a very strong asset. But the, the worst for me was lacking this uh, feeling with the markets, mm -hmm. where if you're in Geneva, you get only the feedback on Geneva, um, which, despite it's a great city, is not the center of the world when it comes to uh, you know getting <laughs> feedback on products. Um, so uh, the rationale behind the submersible Quaranta Quattro was when we launched the submersible as a dedicated line in 2019, we had many the 47. Mm -hmm. We launched afterward the 42, mm -hmm. and the response was so good on, these, on, on the submersible that the, uh, the size in terms of business of this line was justifying a third pillar. And that was a Quaranta Quattro, because you have a huge difference between the 42, as you can imagine, or the 47. Or the 47 is a size which personally I love, um, but to enter the brand, to enter Panerai with a 47, millimeter watch it's not necessarily uh, the easiest entry door in our brand yeah, right? you need to be to exactly right? <laughs> or, go, so, or go home so the uh, Quarant Quattro is the size which is the best seller at Panerai and the Luminor the 44 is, is always our best seller the 1312 which is the emblematic product at Panerai is a 44 millimeter on many of the Panerai's being back to, your, to one of your first questions mm -hmm. were asking us when do you develop a, a 44 because it is the ideal size between the 42 and the 47 oh, and sounds this, like an easy decision to make then, and, and, <laughs> and based on all these elements we said yes let's develop the third size uh, which, which represents very well what this brand is all about 
And we also saw the introduction of the ceramic because the steel with black and white and the blue dials uh, and the blue abyssal as well with the Carbotec, those are things that are familiar, but the ceramic and the smoke dials, that's new. Well, this one is, that, that is an interesting, an interesting approach because when we got a very good feedback on the Luminor uh, E-Steel last year, 2021, we decided to extend the E-Steel. Uh, the E-Steel at the beginning was supposed to be only a, a very small part of the assortment. And then we decided to extend it and to make it our core assortment. So how to also translate our, our recyclability approach to the new Quaranta Quattro. And this is how we came with something which was differentiating from the steel version. And the way was to have this degradé from a dark mm -hmm. dial at six o'clock, lighter at 12. And to have this uh, uh, crown here, which is in rubber, uh, with a colorful rubber, mm -hmm. and to have the crown, which is in, in ceramic. That was a signature to show it's an E-Steel model. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. that's, that's interesting. Right, yeah, because E-Steel looks no different to steel. No difference, it? absolutely. So, so the way to translate it, to, to find a way to say, I know you have an E-Steel, it's uh, to have these design elements. Right, that makes sense. So you give the E-Steel collection a personality yes, that exactly. is differentiated. I understand. Um, so what would you say has been your biggest challenge so far working the biggest challenge in working at Panerai, first, I, I never have the impression to really work. I know it, 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 it looks very provocative, uh, <laughs> but um, we, the, the chance you have when you work at Panerai, it's a, it's a, the business model is very simple. You work on one product category, uh, you work on one product, even though we have a more classic phase of the product, a more sportive way of the product, a more historical approach of the product. It's, it's a one product brand. Mm. Um, so... It's a rather easy brand to handle. Makes sense. Okay? Yeah. If you compare that to many other operators which have fashion and jewelry and shoes and whatsoever, uh, Panerai is a very identified, very clear. Uh, doing mistake with this brand is if you take too much risk in stretching the, uh, the, 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 the brand. So the biggest challenge is, of course, the impatience to grow faster, to uh, uh, have bigger store, better located, uh, to have a bigger market share, and so on, so on. And of course, when you are in the watch industry, uh, the development of a brand requires more patience and more time because it's, a, it's a, uh, compared to fashion where you have trends, where you have each six months new assortments, the, the watches industry is, up, up, is part of these hard products like jewelry, like watches and so on and so on, where um, uh, you need to establish the uh, key assets of a brand uh, to make sure they are strong to be able to continue to develop them. So, and of course, impatience is part of, the, uh, of, of an element probably of each CEO to say we should go faster. And, and there are some countries where Panerai is very strong and the UK is one of them, US is another one, Taiwan is another one. And there are countries where we have a, a relatively small market share for historical reason, because we, starting, we have started later, because it was not part of the priority of our brand and so on and so on. So uh, on, on, in that we have uh, China, for example, and we have Korea, where we started only seven, eight years ago. And of course, we are now faced with giants in front of us where penetrating faster the market requires much more energy, strength, investments than if we would have started 20 years ago. Um, 
What do you think, as, as the leader of Panorama, what do you think makes a good leader? <laughs> oh my God, that's a complex question. Then you need, you need at least to have a broadcast which is for the next five hours. <laughs> um, what is a good asset? First, you need to know your business. Um, I, I have always a lot of uh, uh, question when you, when you move uh, to a totally different industry. And, and, um, and, and that takes time to acquire the principles of an industry. And our industry is not fast fashion, it's not car, it's not uh, and so on and so on. So you need to understand that, that industry to get the, the good principles. Then delegation is for me one of the, one of the, the, the strongest set. The delegation with trust on being surrounded with better people than you in each of the different fields. Um, Hopefully they hear this. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and, and I tell them every day. So it's it's uh, it's your capacity to to be surrounded with people who uh, in the UK know the British market better than me, uh, who in finance know better finance than me in the headquarters or or, or distribution or e-commerce or creativity and so on and so on. And you need to 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 make sure that all these people work together uh, in a, in with a lot of trust and complicity. If you are able to do that creating trust and, complex, and complicity, not complexity, complicity, um, then you have a good chance to create a, a great team. Oh, but it starts with people. I know it's very common to say that, but uh, a brand is, is rather easy, especially if you're at Panerai, to handle. Uh, but if you have a lousy team, you are losing so much time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like if you want to run a marathon, it's better to have the best sporting shoes. You can be very good if you have dressy shoes to, to run your marathon. Uh, <laughs> it will be a challenge for you. It's the same, same principle for a good leader. Oh, that's excellent. Um, and my, my very last question to you, and one that's a little bit of a curveball perhaps. Panerai in the past has done some incredible uh, watches that use historical movements. Um, we've seen the partnerships with Minerva and things like that. Hypothetically speaking, if this were ever to happen, would you consider a relationship with your original movement supplier, Rolex? <laughs> well, we, we, I think we still have a couple of them in our, in our archives. Um, uh, but for the rights to use, to use it, um, we'll have to see more in details how we could handle that. What I can tell you, wait for the program of next year. Oh, there we go. I'm very glad I asked that question. <laughs> it will give you another occasion to invite me to your to your podcast session. Yeah, that would be perfect. Well, on, on that absolute bombshell, um, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you. And uh, dear viewer and listener, if you would like to hear more interviews with Jean-Marc and uh, other CEOs, leaders of business and industry, uh, make sure to send them an email direct to them, harassing them and telling them to get on our podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much. Make sure you're subscribed and see you next time. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.